All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We are here with now Italian star <laughs> Annie Williams over playing for Parma and Syria, maybe our most frequent guest, our most appearances of any player of Minnesota soccer. First question, Annie, how Italian have you gotten? What's what's the most Italian thing about you? You've been crushing it in Italy. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, how Italian am I? I think when I talk, I've been using my hands so much more. So much more. Wait, does this mean I'm Italian? Because that's like I get shredded for using my hands on shows so much. This is great. It must be. It must be. (laughs) Annie, I'm so glad that I was able to precursor that for you. Apologies for the dogs in the background. This is a bonus dog weekend. There are extra dogs in this joint. And that's, that's Big Pounce. He's trying to be the big horse of the crew well Annie we were able to watch you know some of your some of your games are on Ada football which is a really cool if people haven't heard of of Ada football um it's a really cool effort that got started by some women who realized just like broadcast and marketing rights weren't being utilized so they just created an entity like to do it and so Syria is one of the leagues that they actually purchased the media rights for or at least partially purchased so got to watch some of your games I, I tweeted this out. Saw you throw a sick elbow uh, on a U, on a Juve player. That was great. You had some great one on one defending. You all ended up dropping that game, but you were up for much of it. Like really good run of play, super competitive with obviously one of the top teams, not just in Syria, but in you know, in all of like women's football. And it, it was fun to see you out there. It looked like maybe you were running like a three back, or you were playing on the outside of at least a system where those outside backs got up there, but you were playing on that back line on that left side. Uh, talk about how this role in this club, you know, is different from maybe other roles you've been asked to do in previous pro stops. Um, I think, I don't know. Every year surprises me. Every new team surprises me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, every everywhere I come in and sometimes from week to week, what I what I'm doing is different. And right. there's definitely like a learning curve and what I'm coming into, especially like yeah, just coming into different leagues, different countries, different styles of play. Yeah. And I think that like over the five months that I've been here, I'm kind of like starting to really get comfortable in my role on the team and Mm -hmm. just like the flow of the game and the flow of the league. And um, the past couple games I have been playing outside back, which I hadn't played since college. And so it's, yeah, it's been kind of nice to get back there and um, help my team at left back. And you will, what you're describing kind of, is brings up this dynamic of like the idea of a team signing you. So like, you know, obviously Parma signs you because they've seen what you've done, you know, Mm -hmm. either most recently for them when you were in Sweden or your, or your reps in Iceland, or maybe they watch college film. I have no idea how much shit these teams actually (laughs) fall up or not, but they're, what are those conversations? It's so what you're describing kind of is talking about this, like this mix of, what they signed you as versus what they're playing you as. So this idea of when you're in first communication with Parma, like when your agent, you know, you're with false nine group, when Mm -hmm. Josh or whoever, like when someone is like, Hey, Annie, Parma reached out, they're interested. Like how much do you actually hear about how they want to use you or why they're interested or any of that stuff in sort of the, the lead up to actually going to a new team? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think it varies from agency to agency. Right. Um, definitely that for sure. So yeah, I'm with um, False Nine Group, mm-hmm. Jack Gidney. Shout yeah, out to yeah. Love him. He's great. Um, and um, with this like specific like deal with Parma, he yeah. um was working with another um, Italian agent. His name is Mario. He's super awesome too. And for me, kind of like this opportunity was, 
I don't know how to say it. Like it was something that I knew about, like I knew a good amount about, but at the same time, there's stuff that you're not going to know until you get there, until you get, until you get training. And for me, sometimes it's a couple months before I realize things. Um, Basically (laughs) I came in with the offer knowing that, um, that our owner, Kyle Krause, um, was American and that he Mm -hmm. um, really was investing in the women's game. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just got some details about that, about kind of like resources, what we have, like what we're doing. And obviously like what I had thought, okay, I'm coming in as a center back because that's what I have played. um, Yeah. Like my whole uh, professional career but obviously you come in and you know that oh I'm not just going to come in at in this role from a different league coming from a different style of play and it's not just going to fit perfectly into my role on the next team yeah are there and that's kind of interesting that's that was something I was going to ask you about the idea of playing in multiple spots multiple leagues um, you've had actually like a ton of different experiences at this point of like playing at different you know, different countries, different leagues, different levels in those leagues. Mm -hmm. So are there things about your game that have been strength sort of no matter what, you know, when the role changes, the team changes, the league changes, maybe the style of play in the league changes. Mm -hmm. Is there stuff about your game that's been sort of most foundational for you that's been a consistent, um, you know, core thing that you can always rely on of like, well, okay, if they're asking me to do this, at least I can always do this. You know, is there is there stuff yeah. that you just always fall back on of, I have my meat and potatoes, like core set of stuff that I can bring to the game. And then if they're asking me to do a brand new thing, sure, I'll mm-hmm. try and figure it out. But is there, what are those pieces that have translated the most across all the different leagues? Yeah, I think that even even since college, I kind of always knew that, I guess even before college, I knew that, my game something that I could like really pride myself on it like this is my thing was just kind of my mentality of just like okay I'm gonna be playing against players who are like technically tactically in so many different ways better than me but the thing that I have is that I can um be the hardest worker Mm -hmm. so I think that definitely that has helped me kind of make up for ways that I am still learning how to like improve and that are, I'm still learning to change from like uh, team to team. And Mm -hmm. then another thing is probably my one, one V one defending. Okay. You know, from whatever league you go to, like you have to stop the ball from going in the net. (laughs) Defense is yes. Like there are some adjustments that, (laughs) that you make going from different styles of play of course Mm -hmm. like defensively tactically it changes on you know when to step when to stay all of those things but for me like 1v1 defending has been something that it's like no-brainer I don't have to think about um there aren't like major adjustments in my game that I need to make like obviously I'm always improving in my um 1v1 defending and I love going against like great attackers because I feel like I'm just like picking up different things of um, how to be better at that. But I think that that's the thing that's gotten me by when sometimes it's a harder adjustment on offense. Right. I feel like your entire answer, by the way, was like the dream answer that a 65 year old Minnesota dad would hope (laughs) an athlete would give. You're like, you're like, I'm always going to be the hardest worker. I want to play good defense. You, You gave like the, you're like the, you're like an American character in a sports movie, like having to go to Europe. I, 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 as soon as you started saying that, I'm like, I do believe what she's saying, but also this is the best. You're like, yeah. it's like what, what every European uh, technical director wants to hear from like an American defender they're signing. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah, dad, share this with your kids, your high school kids. This is right. it. <laughs> right. T- Tony? Or, or, you know, my dad, when my dad is watching this and has a lot of thoughts about soccer, like knows nothing, what he would say is like, well, you got to be the hardest worker. You got to play good defense. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. No, so my much. mom and dad have been saying that for day one. <laughs> <laughs> they can make it, but 
Like you it, can be the hardest worker always. That's what you can control. Control what you it, can control. And so it 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 is yeah. true. And defense is I mean, you're literally a defender, but defense in general really in every sport is about giving a shit. So it is it is kind yeah. of like you can <laughs> kind of control it. Like you can. Um mm-hmm. and for whatever it's worth, you know, statistically your game has actually scaled really well across those leagues. I was really impressed to see, you know, even just like really basic metrics, um, mm-hmm. like your, your passing percentage duels, mm-hmm. one, like total actions, like all of these metrics about just very general performance metrics have basically held steady, which I think actually shows a lot of growth and improvement because someone might say like, if those metrics are staying the same, there's not growth. Yeah but I think them staying the same is really impressive because you have gone to harder and harder leagues. So like all of your, all of your games in Iceland, and then you go to, you go to a league like Sweden, which is mm-hmm. probably arguably even tougher than Syria, like in mm-hmm. like maybe overall. And then you go to a place like Syria and you're playing against the Romas, the Juves, the, like mm-hmm. all of these top teams and those metrics have held. Does it feel, you know, so if the numbers bear out that your game has scaled like at these different Mm -hmm. leagues does it feel like that for you when you're on the field just personally like when you get out there you know is is there a shock factor when you get to a new league of like oh shit they play like this this is different or like have you felt a level of sort of consistency in what it feels like when you're out there in terms of your confidence or your perception or all that stuff yeah I think there's so many different answers to that question for sure um I think for me, my biggest thing is, uh, is mental. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be um, mental and just confidence, me working on my confidence on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that especially starting this season with Parma, that's been one of my biggest focuses mm-hmm. is just like keeping my confidence and mm-hmm. um, kind of just like staying focused and Mm -hmm. kind of like even keeled throughout like what whatever I go through whether I'm on the pitch um like in the game or whether I'm on the bench you know Mm because I think that I've gone through different types of adversity in in my career where Mm -hmm. I've been on the bench I haven't been getting the minutes that I've wanted and then all of a sudden I get thrown into an environment where I am getting the minutes that I want um yeah And so for me, it's kind of about keeping that mental consistency of like knowing that I can't necessarily change Mm -hmm. who the coach picks to be on the starting 11, like any given, like, yes, I can work hard in practice and Mm -hmm. do all those things. But at the end of the day, the decision isn't mine. And so I feel like mentally me focusing on, um, just kind of being even keeled, being consistent that mm-hmm. that kind of has been the thing that is holding my stats together. Yeah. But if that makes sense. It's yeah. like if I'm on the field, if I'm feeling good, if I'm feeling confident um, in what I know I can do, right. then I'm, you know, completing passes, then I'm winning duels and stuff like that. So right. if, if that answers the question. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's interesting because you went, you a lot of you know a lot of players who make the jump from college to pros, whether you're doing it in the NWSL or overseas or whatever, you're going from being players who are willing and interested to go pro necessarily were usually pretty damn good in college, and so you're mm-hmm. almost always going from a place of kind of knowing what your role is, kind of having consistency, playing in the same system for four years, mm-hmm. five years, whatever, and then you you're you're automatically going into at least more uncertainty than you had at the college level but you're yeah. also going into i mean i think people probably underestimate just how much like college coaches also control your life like not just oh. pro coaches but yeah. but you're you know i i frequently say like actually d1 head coaches are like basically have dictatorial like levels of control and influence on people's <laughs> lives like so it's it's not like you don't deal with that in college but the idea of the pros you know like you you know you get to a team and the gm signed you but the coach now like doesn't want to play you or whatever like it's like all right sick i guess i'm just here like what do i control um yeah i'm curious too you know there's 
there's probably about a half dozen or so players either from Minnesota or with Minnesota connections that play overseas. You know, you, Athena Kuhn, Alasia Lane, Rashida Beal, Hannah Cade, Mimi Iden, Maddie Smither, who I got to see when she was she was helping out uh, South Dakota State. Oh, so I yeah. Got to, or I got to see her when she was in town. Morgan Turner. You know, there's only so mm-hmm. many. And so I'm curious how much you all talk to each other, either about that dynamic, the idea of like controlling what you control, like preparation, but even just in general, like I'm curious how much you all communicate with each other because I certainly like feel like I'm one of the only people following you as like a, like a a media type person. But I'm also curious, are you all, do you have like some random group chat? Obviously a lot of you, you were a longtime teammate with Maddie and you know, certain players, Mm -hmm. Um, but how much, like, how much do you all – actually, the biggest connection between all of you is probably the Icelandic League that a bunch of you have played yeah. in um, But, you know, like, Alasia went down and played with, uh, you know, Saprisa. Like, you yeah. know, so it's, like, these fun connections where, obviously, you started your sort of pro career down there. Mm-hmm. Do you all bounce questions off of each other? Or is there, you know, are there random times where you actually are in, you know, similar places in Europe? Like, how much communication do you all have with each other? Yeah, yeah. Um... So I would say my biggest communication is uh, with Maggie. Yeah. I mean, we went to college together. She was my roommate forever. uh, One of my best friends ever. Um, And so she's one that I definitely communicate with. And Mm -hmm. um, we talk about all of those things, like all of the mental things. Like she's always been a person for me where um, she helps keep me mentally strong in the mental game. Because, you know, it's nice to have um someone to talk to who's going through the exact same thing right um well and keep and and keep and if there's anyone on the field who deals with more mental bullshit than a field player it's a keeper absolutely absolutely um yeah and I say in communication with Mimi um Uh we have trained together quite a bit when we've both been home Uh uh-huh and it's been like nice to kind of like follow her career of um, we played together at the fire. Yeah. Like oh my God. We were teammates. Yeah. And it was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. It's just been like nice to see her, you know, like playing against her in the Summit League and yeah. then with her transfer and just kind of like following her professional career. It's been yeah. nice to see. And honestly, I'm excited to see like what comes next for her. So we're, I'm, we're going to have Mimi on for a show. Uh, for sure she's she's back home because she she and Hannah were both playing in the second division in Iceland Hannah helped win um, promotion her team win promotion over there and I think is going to go back to Iceland and then uh, Mimi posted that uh, highlight reel which was so fun for me because that's the type Mm -hmm. of stuff that I sort of end up sort of quasi creating when I just watch random film of you all and posting random clips but she did you know she posted her full highlight reel and so I was able to watch her just going at random defenders in the Iceland (laughs) so super fun to just see her going going Mm -hmm. ham over there um and I think you know I I'm curious too the idea of you being in certain leagues and then that giving other teams in that league a chance to see you so for instance the idea of okay you're playing on Parma, maybe, maybe Parma is not at the top of the league, like Syria, it's the first, you know, fully professional season for Syria, but they've always had really good top teams like Juve, Roma, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious when you, you know, when you're talking to other players, your agents or whatever, the idea of being in Sweden so that other Swedish teams can see you or being in Italy. So other Italian teams can see you like, how much does that, how much does that dialogue come up with like other players on the team or coaches or friends, the idea of, well, if someone doesn't see me, they're never going to assign me. And so I have to be like, I have to be going to these tougher leagues, you know, both to raise my game, but also so that new clubs are seeing me and knowing that I could be, you know, someone that could help their team. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that, Wherever you go, whatever league that you're in, even, mm-hmm. you know, in college and back to high school, like mm-hmm. if you're in league or you're in conference and you're playing and you are consistently doing well and mm-hmm. um, yeah, and let's just say other teams have to kind of like plan their scout around you 
Right. Not yeah. speaking from like personal experience, but just like, oh no, we can no, we can say that we can say that. They're <laughs> like, look out for that left back. <laughs> knowledge of the game in general of like, okay, if you're consistently like a person to watch, yeah. Um, you know, when the other team is prepping for the game, mm-hmm. words words gonna get out there. Right. If a team has to like avoid you to beat you or uh like offensively keep you from getting the ball to beat you then i would say like word travels fast and so does respect and i think that yeah like in the leagues that i've been in it's like i've watched games when my team wasn't playing um right you know i'll watch like um ata or however you say it um football and just like watch the games and watch the different players. And so I think that word does travel fast, like in mm-hmm. the league, like who's doing well, who's performing well, right. but necessarily in season of, unless you're looking to leave, go somewhere right. in the transfer window, or you're having like the performance of your life. Yeah. Then <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a conversation that's on a table on the table. Right. It's, it's more just that it's more just that it's an ongoing challenge of like, listen, you don't know who's watching, like who's watching this game, who's planning for us, whatever. Yeah. I love, I love the idea of a random mid tier Italian team breaking out the scouting report and being like, look out for that tall outside back. Look out for that (laughs) yank, that yank. I'd love, I'd love it if they like called you a yank or something. If there's some, (laughs) some American nickname Somehow mm-hmm. I have to believe if there was one, it would probably be offensive. So maybe I shouldn't hope for it, but I like, <laughs> let's maybe there's like a regular one that they would give you. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> speak, speaking of Yanks, Parma is one of several clubs in Europe that's owned by an American. You mentioned earlier, like that was one of the things that jumped out at you. You were featured in that. I think it was on <clears throat> BBC, which is really fun mm-hmm. when, when they signed you, it's like, Oh, American owned team, like signs an American. And it was like, it was mm-hmm. tied in with obviously the first fully professional launch of Serie A Femenino, which is really cool. But does that show up? I mean, does the club being owned by an American, does it show up in any way day to day? Like, does it seem like, I, you know, I've noticed that they run a really solid English language social media mm-hmm. account, but I'm sort of assuming maybe that existed beforehand. But does it seem like being owned by an American shows up in any way in terms of like, how they market or what or their merch or whatever or is it you know there's an, an owner is an owner but the whole staff is still the staff but does it does it show up in any way yeah I think I mean I can't speak for any anybody else because I haven't been anywhere else mm-hmm. basically for a long enough period mm-hmm. of time to you know to right. know the difference um but I mean, just to talk about Kyle Krauss in general, I've been so impressed with him as an owner of Parma. Um, because, of course, like Parma is a historic club in Italy, um, like deep roots in Italian football and things like that. But as an owner, uh, Mr. Krauss has really done a lot to invest in the women's side. And I was really surprised in how much we actually see his face. And how much he, like, shows us that he's invested in us. Like, the amount of games that he's been at, been on the field during warm-ups, like, greeted me by my name. Like, that's something that I would never imagine going to a big club and getting that kind of, like, Midwestern welcome. And, yeah, he just is really Parma, ride or die. Like, his... um, he learns Italian like he tries his Italian he's reaching everybody and it's not just me because I'm American and I'm like oh like that's my guy no like he's like constantly like he's like that with everybody and so I think that for me that's my experience with an American owner is yeah it's what are some, what are some ways what are some ways specifically that, that shows up? It's I mean I we obviously love hearing about an owner who's actually just investing in the women's side. Um, there's plenty of leagues overseas or wherever in the U.S. where 
you know, there's both a men's and a women's team on for a club in at any level. And mm-hmm. you see the women just constantly underserved, like in that model, yeah. it's, it's actually almost a universal truth, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. So what are, what are some ways that that shows up, you know, even just in comparison of, mm-hmm. of other places you've been, does it mean, you know, there's more resources for you as players or better, you know, better <laughs> housing supports or meals, or what does that look like day to day? Um, yeah. First thing that I would say is our stadium. Um, if you've seen our stadium, it's amazing. I love it so much. And it's so nice to play in a venue like that, in an environment like that. Like game day at Parma feels like professional game day of like, it feels like we're the main event on TV, whether we have spectators or not, like it feels that way. The stadium like gives those vibes. And I think that we have so many people working for us that make days like game day. And honestly, like the ins and outs of practice every day, they Mm -hmm. make it feel like professional, like, Hey, this is your job. Don't worry about, this is going to be small, but don't worry about washing your training clothes. It's set out in your locker, in your spot. You have everything that you need. If you need something else, you ask for it and you get it. And all you have to worry about is doing your job on the pitch. Like we have a lot of people on our staff that I've never had a staff this big. Like even in college, everybody has a job of doing something. Like we have um, obviously like uh, people on staff who help with recovery. We have coach, assistant coach, goalkeeper coach, obviously everyone who you would expect like physios, doctors, um, like strength and conditioning people are like in charge of just like recovery of like monitoring like okay how well we're recovering throughout the day and I think that investing in us in that way of especially when we come to practice like our job is to be at practice um and to you know to soak in everything of like whether it's prepping for the next game or just like going over stuffs ourselves, giving us that resources, those resources um, right. really just help women's football in general. Like yeah, just me in this time in this place, but women's football in general of something that I've been thinking for a long time is that like, we deserve this. We deserve this. And so instead of just being like, wow, this is so nice. This is so great. Like being at right. Marmol, like I've really had the feeling of like this is how it should be. Mm-hmm. Like they don't like give you everything you need, and they're not like, wow, this is this is great that you guys get all of this stuff. It's almost like, hey, this is what you deserve. Like this is your job. We're just doing our jobs to make sure that you can do your job. Right, right. It's yeah, yeah it's, it's that it's that difference of yes, they're giving us like all of this stuff feels really cool because we've yeah. been at spots where it hasn't happened before, yeah. but we're not getting it and then expected to like thank them 50 times a day because it's so yeah. special that we're getting this. This should be the expectation of like, <laughs> yeah, this, this should be, yeah, I love, I love that mindset. Well, and you, I think, you know, there's a lot of different internationals or non-Italians on, on your team mm-hmm. this year. I know there's like, there's a stud like Swedish attacker. There's a, you know, there's a bunch of other um, sort of fun players when I watch the Juve game alone, but there's, you know, you have an Irish player, you have tons of, we were chatting a bit before we started, but you, I believe are the only American on the roster. And so I am very curious what the American questions you get from all of your teammates are. What are the top things you get asked by your teammates about American crap? What's, what's the stuff they throw at you? Mm. Oh gosh. I would have to think. Honestly, I would say it's more me asking questions to them. Like, okay, yes, people are people are curious. Okay, like we do this here. What's it like at home? Uh-huh. But for me, sometimes I see because I'm like in the Italian culture, like I live mm-hmm. here. I see like differences. And even if it's not like an Italian, uh-huh. um, even if it's just with other girls on my team from different countries, uh-huh. I'm always like curious. Like I see someone do something that I've never seen or done before. And I'm like, 
Oh, like that's what are we what are we talking about? Let's dive, Annie. Let's go. Let's get specifics. What are we talking okay. about? First thing that I have to talk about: burning question or burning topic is coffee. Coffee. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Italian coffee is great. It's amazing. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's just like short. Mm-hmm. Just espresso. Espresso, yeah. Um, and so I'm always like. I want my American coffee sometimes like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll drink some Italian coffee and, and I'll enjoy it. But sometimes I just really miss like a big fat latte. Yeah. And so that's something. And it's like, not, it's not gettable. Uh, I would say it's gettable at some places. Okay. For sure. What? If, so what if are are you just are you just nervous to order it because they'd be like oh look at this pumpkin spice bitch trying to get her latte <laughs> okay well at first so we would we have lunch together as a team um every day after training okay. and um i love cappuccinos yes so after lunch one day i ordered a cappuccino and I'm bringing my cappuccino out to, you know, set at my lunch table to, um, to drink it. And I'm, I'm getting these funny looks mm-hmm. from some Italians. Like no one's like saying anything, but people are just like looking. I'm like, like what? And then they say, like, nobody gets a cappuccino past lunch. That's just not a thing that you do. Like that's a right. breakfast. That's a breakfast coffee. Right. So, kind of like oh. And then I realized that, and not that I'm like consciously trying to change, but the next time I I order a macchiato. Mm. And then every time I go to like a coffee shop, it's like something small like that. So Mm -hmm. I'd say not that I'm scared to order it, but. Right. Just being aware. Yeah. What yeah. are, what other what other stuff? Because your your reaction when you started talking about this topic made me think there are fifty examples of this. What we need at least one more. Um, gosh, okay. Um, okay. This is gonna be about food and drink again, but I just have okay. To. Good. Yes. Pasta. Mm-hmm. Pasta. Italians mm-hmm. are like really big on. Um, on pasta and it's so I've, good I've heard, I've heard that before I've heard that before yeah but uh, some of my teammates they never get sick of pasta right they can eat it for lunch and dinner every day every right. day for me I like ask my teammates I'm like do you do this like when you're at home too when you cook for yourself like do you cook pasta I'm like yeah what else would I cook I love pasta you know and so that's definitely like a just something that you notice because I mean we eat together every day, right? Um, and stuff like that. And I I tell them about ranch and Chick Fil A sauce. <laughs> Nobody understands, but me like they don't know how good it is. I explain it to them and they're like, "Oh, well, that doesn't sound that good." And I'm telling you, I told them a bottle of ranch and Laurie seasoning when she came to visit me because I was like, "These are the things that I need to survive." I tell them about ranch is going to be yeah. the full quote of this. Please, please. This episode. I love that so much. I, I also, I love the idea of do you, when you're in those situations, do you ever feel the confidence if you're in like a one-on-one or it's not, you're insanely outnumbered by like 15 teammates at once. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel the confidence to tease them for being Italian stereotypes the way they would tease you for like, okay, American, have fun with your cool ranch Doritos, like calm down. <laughs> do you, when, when they're like, we love pasta, what else would we eat? Do you ever get to be like, you're being an Italian cartoon character right now. Like this is, this is a joke Americans would make about Italians is that all they do is eat pasta and you're, yeah. you're making it real. Do you ever get to tease them that way? Or is it always them sort of being like, look at this midwestern american with her lowry seasoning (laughs) no of course it definitely goes both ways because i mean whenever you're on a team with like new people and it's like a mix of mix of cultures like you really get to see how different like daily life is like even if it's just like little things that are super different it's i mean we all notice it and so it's nice to kind of just like joke around about that kind of stuff of like 
there's no right or wrong way. We we just no. Who's well? And there's well, and as as I sort of implied, there's plenty of shit that they could tease Americans about. So oh. we are Amer- America. America is not on uh, moral or cultural high ground here. <laughs> um, but the uh, I am curious who are your who are your allies in those uh, look at what they do in Italy situations? Are like. You have an Irish teammate. You have, I believe, a Swedish teammate. You have, you know, I think you mentioned a Lithuanian teammate, uh, a Portuguese mm-hmm. teammate. You have, so who are your natural allies in this situation? What's the geopolitical, like, alliances we see forming here? Hmm. I would or, say... Or is there, like, some random Italian who, like, did college in the U.S. or something? Like, what's the random, what's your support network geopolitically here? Hmm. Like thinking of just about like American customs. Right. Sometimes I'm kind of like out there on my own. Sure. Because there are so many different things that we do. Like we're on the other side of the world. And yeah. so like, I don't know if you think about going from like anywhere in Europe, going from one country to another country, obviously mm-hmm. it's going to be extremely different. But at the same time, like growing up in a country that's close to other countries that yeah. do something like or do things that are very different, it's like you kind of get exposed to that. Right. And for me, I mean, growing up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. we're close to Canada. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I've had Canadian friends and we do a lot of things like extremely similar. Right. And so kind of having the exposure like of that, it just, yeah. Have they ever, do they, does, does teasing about the accent occur? Do you, are you, are you a Fargo character to them? Is that, is that one of the conversations? Um, I would say we definitely talk about accents because we have quite a few people who like obviously speak English as a first language and Mm -hmm. quite a few other people who just speak English as like a second or third language. Um, so yeah we talk about just like kind of sounding different Mm -hmm. um but i would say the biggest thing for me is my american accent on italian Mm -hmm. because they they have us in italian classes um twice a week and so it's great i've been you know like learning my italian and everything but i still have that american accent What's the, I mean, so you're just, they just, they're like, all right, cool it, cowboy, like, lean into this language, please. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's so nice to have, like, a club be like, hey, you're in Italy, like, learn this language so it's easier for you. Mm -hmm. It's so nice, Um, but I do have trouble with my R's. (laughs) My R's, they get me. Every time in like certain like clumps of like pronunciation, I I mean I can't think of any off the top of my head, but even in right. class, I'm trying to read it and pronounce it, and I'm like, I've never sounded more American in my life. Who's who's in those classes with you? Who are the other players in the Italian classes? Um, so we have like different levels, and so I have a lot of teammates who know Italian a lot better than I do. So I'm in like just like a base group of like beginning lessons of Italian and then they have like the women's players and then some of the men's players as well oh I guess I didn't I didn't think about that are there any other there's no Americans on the Parma men's side are there um not in the uh like Senior oldest team. yeah but there is like one in the youth yeah um yeah a little, a little junior yank. How old is he? Yeah, I don't remember. It's like a teenager, like, a teenager in the academy or something. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He has a good resume. I met him when um, he came to Parma. Yeah, but well, now, well, now I'm gonna look up this little kid. All right, cool. Uh, apologies to everyone for the bonus dog yelping. Uh, and I think, Annie, I'm also super curious. You know, you've been in, oh, my God. Hey. There we go. Annie, wow. you've, been in, you've been in so many different um, 
countries, but, and like you mentioned the Parma stadium and I see, you know, mm-hmm. when I watch these games, you're playing in some places that are pretty cool, not just soccer wise, but also yeah. just generally historic places, like lots of cool architecture, lots, mm-hmm. lots of cool history. Um, but what have some of those, those coolest away trips been for you? Not just in, maybe not just in Italy, but you know, in general, it's, you know, you've been in really different places like the idea of being in Iceland when we talked to you about going to that club that's like out on the island and you take yeah. the hours long ferry ride um being in Sweden like being in Italy these are just like really interesting places compared to each other let alone compared to very uh beautiful Minnesota so what what have some of those cool away trips been um to be and, honest and- how many have you, I guess, how many have you, you know, and even just, even just talk about in Italy? Yeah. Um, everywhere is really cool in mm-hmm. Italy. I would say it's a beauty that, I don't know, I haven't experienced before. Like, it, and it's different kinds. Uh, we played in Genoa and right by the ocean absolutely beautiful um the field is kind of like up a little bit and so Mm -hmm. as you're driving to the field you get to see the coastline and everything is just beautiful I love it what's and what's your I mean what's your what's your road trip strategy do you have like a crew that you normally go out and hang with like do you you know are some of you sort of just chill in the hotel people some of you are let's go walk around people some of you are let's rip it up let's hit the club people like what's the what's your road trip strategy let's get into it um I would say like road trip wise it's strictly business okay strictly business everything that you need to play a good game you got to do on the road right you know because like having a home game advantage is so real so real mm-hmm. um and so i mean we're pretty like scheduled as as far as that of not overly scheduled but i mean mm-hmm. it's like we train in the morning um we leave that day not the day mm-hmm. of the game the day right. that we train right um we'll have dinner like if we want to take a walk we take a walk mm-hmm. um but I mean, for me, I'm in bed like 9.30 if I can to get good sleep um, for the game the next day. So It's okay. Annie, we'll talk after we're done recording. You can tell me which clubs have been the best, like what, what the hot bars are. Don't worry. We'll get it after. Don't worry. I get, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for like, sure. I get it. Obviously, there's millions of viewers. Like, we need to be disciplined. Like, I get it for sure. Of course. Um, I'm, I'm curious, too. You mentioned, like, the home, the difference in the road mm-hmm. versus home. I'm curious what that that home schedule because I think people probably it's it's funny that I think we don't talk a ton about this but the idea of going from being a college athlete to a pro athlete like not having the college part is like one of the biggest adjustments the idea of Mm -hmm. just when you're a d1 college athlete there's just no free time at all like you're just like swamped like crazy and when you're a pro like even if you're super invested in being a pro athlete, like there's mm-hmm. only so much you can do with your body. Like you have to have times of recovery. You have to have these other yeah. things. So I'm curious, what is, what does that day to day look like for you? You mentioned sort of what that road trip mm-hmm. day, what a travel day might look like, but what does, yeah. what do those day to days look like for you as a pro at Parma? Um, yes. I just need 30 seconds. I realize my computer is going to die. So I'm going to grab my charger. Okay. miniature dog shot okay sorry All right. let's one. jump in that's okay i lifted my computer up and showed the small bonus dogs for for viewers Perfect. Great content. Um, yeah. So talk, yeah. So talk about, <clears throat> talk about that sort of day to day, what your run of the mill day is like in terms of what stuff is 
asked of you as just an athlete, a player, and then how you feel like the rest of your day? Yeah, so we train in the morning. Um, so, I mean, wake up, eat, eat a good breakfast. What's the, um, what's the, what's the timeline? What's, what time in the morning are we, is, are, is it early stuff? Is it crazy early or what, what's the arrival time? I mean, nothing crazy early. We've had earlier in, I mean, a couple months ago, but mm-hmm. now since it's a little bit colder and you kind of have to wait for the sun, mm-hmm. um, we will have like a timeline of uh, 10 or 10.30. Okay. Right now it's like 10.30. So we'll have mm-hmm. training. We'll have two times, 10.30 and 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wake up, um, get to training. We have like um, pre-activation that we have to mm-hmm. do. Like we all get the pre-activation that we need. And so we'll be in the gym for at least 30 minutes getting ready for training. And then after that, like at 11 o'clock, that's the time that we start training on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the day, like obviously some trainings are short, some trainings are long, it depends on, you know, the games, when we have games, what we're, perfe- what we're preparing for, if we need recovery, all of those things. Um, and then after training, we have our lunch together. And then after lunch. With, with, with the pastas and yeah. the, of the course, the, ran- the ranch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Actually, we- actually, actually, while we're there. What is the lunch setup? Let's get into it. What's what's the setup? Are you, you're at the team facility, or what's what's the vibe? Is it buffet um, style? Is it just different menu each day? What's what's the vibe? Let's let's dive all the way into the meal. Um. So we eat at like um a nearby restaurant every day. Um. And forgot to say this before, we have a team nutritionist. She's amazing. Yes. Um. She so she kind of oversees everything that we need. Make sure makes sure that we get everything that we need. Um it's part of it is like a spread of like buffet of like always like salad veggies Mm -hmm. um things like that and then we Mm -hmm. like the first plate and second plate they kind of change every day and so we obviously Mm -hmm. will have like a protein like chicken different type of meat you know fish those things um Mm -hmm. although there is pasta every day we have rice and other things rice bread Mm -hmm. like all of those good carbohydrates that we right. definitely need to, to keep going. Um, and, you know, like sometimes we'll have, I don't know, things like soup. Like there's yeah. a variety yep. of things that we could have on a day-to-day. And um, then are you are you pretty much done after lunch then? Or is there other like meetings? Like what what time are you sort of free and clear for like rest of the day? Um, I would say, because I mean, when we have like film analysis, mm-hmm. we'll have it before training. Right. Um, so I'm usually done by two. Okay. Around two. Yeah. Depending on the day, sometimes we have like a random event or sometimes it's done earlier. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, for me, I'm kind of, I like to have something to do, mm-hmm. but I don't like to have to have something to do. And so <laughs> it's nice to have something to do when I want to do something. Yeah. But. It's also important to not have something to do when I feel like I need more rest and time to recover after yeah. hard training. Because right. I mean, if you think about it, everything that we do during our day is for those moments that yeah. we're training. Like right. getting good sleep, eating the foods that we eat. Um, right. So what are those What are those things that you fill your day with that are both um, – options but fully optional what's what's your strategy for that then what are Um, we what are we talking about so for me when I was in Sweden I started studying a little bit not going back to college but just um I started studying um with the NASM program Hmm. and so what's that what's 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 NASM uh Oh my gosh, I forgot the what the acronym stands for. But <laughs> that's where I got my um, personal training certification. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did sports nutrition, and now I'm working on 
um, performance, and then I have um, stretching and flexibility left. And so oh, I just yeah. kind of had an interest in those areas, and I wanted to learn more about right. that for like my own personal gain, and also you know, I do like making workouts. And so I get like, sometimes I get a little business there of like making workouts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's my thing. If I want to fill my day, I'll do that. Right. Um, otherwise, you know, I do like to take my naps or, you know, grab a coffee in the afternoon mm-hmm. with friends. Or just not a cappuccino. Just not a cappuccino. I mean, if I wanted one, I would get one. If there's no witnesses. <laughs> if, if there's, there's no, no witnesses, witnesses, exactly that. Exactly right. that. Your, I, your personal training thing, I'd completely forgotten about it. And now I, I don't want to tease it too directly, but that's going to come back around. Equal time content watchers, that, that will come back around. Andy <laughs> being a pers- personal trainer. I had forgotten about our, our DMs about that. That will come yes. back around. Um, I'm curious, you know, the idea that you have so much, or at least a decent amount of like rest of the day time to mm-hmm. do whatever. I'm curious, does that mean, you know, does that, has that set up where you have, you know, a decent amount of time to, to choose as you wish? Has that made any of the places you've lived sort of um, more like, you know, better than others as there, because you have that time in the afternoons, if you want to do exploring or you want to do stuff in the city or whatever, which place has been the best for sort of that non-soccer time? Definitely Parma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a place to where if I don't want to stay in my apartment, Mm -hmm. then there are loads of things to do in the Mm -hmm. city. Like Parma's not the biggest city ever, but it has like a a nice like cultural city center of, Mm -hmm. okay, you can go to shops, you can take a walk, there are museums, Mm -hmm. um, things like that to just pass time to go do fun activities. And I mean, Italy is a small enough place to where if we do have a couple days off, then, Mm -hmm. you know, I can travel out of the city. Um, When my family was here, we went to Rome, saw Roman today, did stuff like that. And so, yeah, I've been really loving that. The the family visits have been some of the cutest uh, content on on the gram, for sure. It's like, what is it? Uh, Both sisters... Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember their names, but is it Tony and Cindy? Your parents were over there crushing it. What's yeah. what's the when you get to play host? You're like, all right, I'm an Italian now. I'm showing you around. What's what's the vibe when you get to play host, Annie? When you get to be like, guys, I know how to take the train. Let's go take the train. Yeah. What's what, what's the vibe when you get to host the family overseas? Um. So, my two sisters are definitely planners. Like my mom as well. And so we were all so excited for them to come and visit. And basically, they just told me, hey, I'm going to check out these places. And I want to do this is what I want to do. And then I just kind of have to like be there and tag along and be like, if I have like bonus information of, okay, I've lived here and this is how you do it, then I give it. But I love them because they always come prepared of like, hey, I heard this was cool in Parma or I want to visit this city. And mm-hmm. that's cool for me because this is my home. So sometimes I'm kind of like, ah, I could, I could do that whenever. Um, right. Stuff like that. But stay tuned because Cindy and Tony are making a, are making a comeback this Whoa. spring. Okay. We, well, maybe, you know what? We might have to get, I don't, Annie, I'm sure you consume all of Equal Times content every minute of every day. We have started <laughs> featuring moms more directly now. We do regularly check in and see what do the moms think. And so it might actually be a time to get Cindy her her equal time premiere live from Italy. We may need to go live with Cindy and, to- and Tony. We support the dads, too. We support the dads, too. Tony, obviously, Tony's been named off like 50 times in the show. So we support, <laughs> we support the dads. Um, but that's that sounds like a good spring. Oh, we'll look forward to it. Last thing, Annie you are a little bit of a globe globe trotter you've been in multiple places so we are Mm going to finish this show with a country quiz about all the places you've been that's only three questions don't worry but we do have to throw this at you two of the questions i'm also going to throw minnesota in there just to give people some uh minnesota clickbait so we have three questions this this first one is 
so we're we're considering Italy, Sweden, Costa Rica, Iceland, and Minnesota for this question. Okay. Try and rank from largest to smallest these countries plus Minnesota's GDP. So gross domestic product. It is the rough round number of the size of their economy. So think of it, the size of their economy. I know you're a business person. You're obviously an economics person, Annie. We know that. Try and rank those. Italy, Sweden, Minnesota, Costa Rica, Iceland. All right. We're going to go with Italy. Okay. Costa Rica. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I'm just going to throw Minnesota in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Sweden, and then we're going to finish with Iceland. But I do have a side note. I, I don't really have a rhyme or reason for doing that. It's just my it's just my guess. You got a decent amount of that correct. Also, <laughs> spoiler alert, I did list them in order, so I should have done oh. better than that. So I didn't realize I did it until it happened. Italy uh-huh. was the top. Okay. And Minnesota was third, and Iceland is last. But you okay. switch Costa Rica and Sweden. So Italy okay. is 10th tenth, tenth biggest GDP. Sweden is 25. If Minnesota were a country, it would be 44th. So congrats okay. to our viewers. You get to learn that today. It would be <laughs> just below Hong Kong, just above Colombia. So if people want to know about that. Costa Rica is 85th and Iceland is 109th. Next, okay. we will have a soccer-related question. So Minnesota will not be listed here. Of, okay. of Italy, Iceland, Costa Rica, and Sweden... <clears throat> Rank, where do you think they fall in terms of FIFA women's national team rankings? So of those of those four from top to bottom of how their national teams rank in FIFA. All right. We're going to go with Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we are going to go with Italy. Okay. Then Iceland, then Costa Rica. I feel like I almost should give it to you because Iceland and Italy are literally next to each other, but they are swapped. So Sweden is third. Sweden's a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. Iceland is 16 and Italy is 17. So actually, you know what? Maybe they played a friendly this morning and those rankings have switched. (laughs) And then then Costa Rica is 37th. But honestly, Mm -hmm. CONCACAF Nations... We, we love our CONCACAF nations. Jamaica just announced a new pro league. Like I, I'm all, I'm all CONCACAF baby. Let's do wow. it. Let's get crazy. And I think Jamaica plays over the winter. I think they just started their league for whatever it's worth. Um, last one, Minnesota is back included in this one, Annie. This one is land mass. So geographic size of, of Minnesota plus those four countries try and list them uh, from largest to smallest. Uh, okay. We are going to go Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Italy. Mm-hmm. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iceland. Costa Rica. Boom. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. I love College it. College educated, baby. This is, this is an American degree. <laughs> I crushed it. Sweden is just over 200,000 square miles. Italy is just over 116. Minnesota is just under 87. Iceland is just under 40. And Costa Rica is just under 20. I was surprised how much bigger Iceland was than Costa Rica. So we, okay. we, all, learned, we all learned a lot today. Um, Annie, Annie Williams, obviously one of our favorite guests. This is probably like her fifth show at this point. <laughs> Playing over for Parma and Syria uh, and Annie, so great to have you back. If folks want to follow the team, I know you know they have an English language channel. We'll we'll tag in here, but otherwise, if folks want to try and follow the team, uh, what is any advice you want to give if folks want to follow you playing over uh, in Italy? Um, let's see. We have a couple options. Okay. Yeah, you can follow the team, uh, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram. Um, ATA football is. Mm-hmm. Um, the subscription is really nice. You get games yeah. in Serie A, and if you want to watch a game, um, they have games that are um, commentated in English. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Um, if you get the app for the football, then you can keep up with scores, um, live stats, cool. some of them. 
-hmm. at least. Um, if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But I love. I hadn't followed Forza Football yet. That's for mm -hmm. sure. There is there is another your local like TV broadcaster does have an app, but I okay. it wasn't it wasn't super clear to me mm -hmm. how to sign up for a subscription. So I I almost did that, but at at a football or ATA football is super clean and it's only mm -hmm. like it's like less than 50 bucks a year like it's a super good yeah. deal and there's there's multiple leagues i think they have you know they have champions league games on there mm -hmm. um which is really fun they have syria they for some reason i thought i remember seeing the the bundesliga on there um mm -hmm. yeah tons Grand. of tons of good stuff yeah. yeah and they have a really good uh actually follow ata football on twitter too they post a lot of highlights from games like random mm -hmm. clips so it's just kind of fun to stumble into like oh yeah wow look at that goal like look at that shot yeah. um all right, Annie, thanks so much for joining us again. And uh, good luck. I think you're on your break now. And then mm -hmm. you'll you'll go back for the second half of the season, uh, crushing it for Parma. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.